بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد ذكر الله سبحانه وتعالى ذكر الله سبحانه وتعالى should not only be considered just repeating his name that is obviously one way of remembering Allah by taking his name but what could actually happen is sometimes you are reading something you're reading the name of Allah but with no connection to the heart in the sense that the heart is thinking about something else the mind is somewhere else though the tongue is repeating the name of Allah while there is benefit in there as Ibn Atayullah says that remembrance taking his name without any kind of concentration is better than taking not taking his name at all and it is very likely and very possible that after having a dhikr with no concentration you will develop concentration and then after that you will develop presence so obviously that is a step-by-step approach however what is also considered the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala along with taking his names and remembering his attributes is also to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is also a remembrance of Allah so for example if something good happens to us alhamdulillah not just as a figure of speech not just as a proverbial sentence but or rhetorical statement but all praises to Allah like you actually think about it that is the dhikr because you're remembering him and that's what Allah wants in fact to remember him at different times as opposed to just sitting down one time and remembering and then forgetting him like a, like you know um, Mother's Day or whatever uh, other days that we have like this that is actually superior because then you are remembering him constantly throughout the day Alhamdulillah which means you see something awful, absurd, strange you say subhanallah you know Allah is purified this isn't from Allah this is this isn't what Allah wants so again you are thinking about Allah because Allah wants us to remember him at everything remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's commands and prohibitions it's another one um, not just as a fiqhi point while there's benefit in there but not just as a dry fiqhi point dry juridical point whether this is halal or haram but you're not thinking about Allah in that statement you're just getting angry that somebody is not. That's good thing, but it's not the same as thinking, oh, look, Allah's command is being violated. One is you're looking down at somebody that somebody is not praying. So you think low of them. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. We, we could rather think that Allah's, uh, Allah's worship is not being done. How can I get this person and encourage this person to understand the beauty of Allah? So the focus is always Allah as opposed to any kind of selfish motive. Of course we know this, that the dhikr can be obviously with the heart and with the tongue. And joining between the two is more complete. Doing it with both is the most complete, followed by just with the heart, followed by, by uh, followed by just with the tongue. Um, because you, there's more likelihood that you could be distracted when you're doing dhikr with the tongue than when you're doing it with the heart. Because with the heart, if you're not doing dhikr, 
I mean, with the heart, you can only do dhikr. Otherwise, you won't be doing anything. You'll either be doing dhikr or you're not doing dhikr. Whereas with the tongue, you'll actually be repeating something. And thus, you think you are doing something and you are doing something. But the heart isn't there. But this does not denigrate dhikr with the tongue. It just shows that that's just... Uh, um, if you can master it with the heart, because a lot of people won't be able to master the heart, because that requires a lot more focus, because there's nothing else that you can go by. It's just either your heart is there or it's not. Whereas with the tongue, you're at least doing something, you're getting used to saying the name of Allah, and the name of Allah will have a benefit, and eventually it will penetrate the heart. Right? And when you're doing when you're doing it with the heart, you may be distracted. Sorry, you're, when you're doing it with the tongue, you may be distracted for a short while, but you will obviously come back because you're doing something. Okay, what am I talking about? I'm saying something in my tongue. You know, you can't be distracted for an hour, unless somebody's watching a movie while just saying Subhanallah, 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 Subhanallah. They'll probably stop doing dhikr actually, to be honest. Right. So that that's what we're saying so for uh, in, in many tariqas in many ways of dhikr they actually start you off with the tongue generally and then they take you on to eventually the heart um once a person gets used to it and 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 the the allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name then uh, a person gets used to it then that's what happens the most superior form of dhikr the most superior form of dhikr is actually al-quran there is nothing greater than reading the Qur'an, even more than just sitting there doing a repetition of the name of Allah or something. Now for a lot of people that would be surprising. Then they'll say that why don't these Sufi tariqas just focus on the Qur'an? Well, they focus on the Qur'an, but they don't just focus on the Qur'an. Because again, the same thing with the Qur'an and the heart. You could be reading the Qur'an, but you're not concentrating on what it says. And a lot of people don't know Arabic. The majority of Muslims in the world probably don't know Arabic. So it's very difficult for them that exercise of reading Quran with meaning, which means you have to have a translation there. right? But a person who knows Arabic, who knows the translation of the Quran, who understands it, has some kind of tafsir, for anybody for that matter, to read the Quran with meaning, with full concentration, reflection because the Quran is much more interactive than anything else it asks questions it petitions Allah for certain things it makes you think if you're concentrating don't they think don't you think where are you going what's your problem you know these kind of are the questions that so that kind of interaction, that's why the Prophet's interaction with the Qur'an, even in his tahajjud, was that whenever there was a verse of wrath or whatever, he would seek forgiveness, he would seek protection. When it was, uh, it was something of mercy and so on, he would ask for that. So the Qur'an is supposed to be with full concentration that can reach it, because the Qur'an imbibes in it a message along with just the dhikr. Because you're not only remembering Allah, you're remembering Him in how, and He's speaking to you. In that case so there's a two-way discourse taking place in that whereas in dhikr is generally a one-way discourse because you're just saying the name of Allah but to get to that level with the concentration in the Quran is that you practice with dhikr so all of this helps and of course there's many rewards for doing individual dhikrs and so on as well so the the aftalu anwa'i dhikri the superior form of remembrance of Allah is the Quran followed by 
um, remembrance in, in general and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then after that all the rest of the du'as uh, all the rest of the du'as are for the same thing that they remind you about what we must think the most appropriate thing to think uh, the most appropriate thought about Allah at that time so when I'm about to eat what should I be thinking about Allah the Prophet has told us I am starting in the name of Allah and with his blessing it's most appropriate at the end I'm saying all praises to Allah who fed us, gave us to drink, and made us Muslims. That's the most perfect thing that you can think about at the end of your food. And this is coming from none other than, than Rasulullah Again, what should we be thinking about? How should we remember Allah before entering the bathroom or the toilet? Again, when we come out before milk, before everything, before traveling, what is the most appropriate thing to think about? Subhanalladhi sakhara lana hadha And what does that remind you? It gives you tawakkul at the end of the day. Glorified be Allah who subjugated this for us. This animal we're riding on, this car we're riding in. That we're able to control it. It does our bidding. So glorified is Allah who did this. So it's the most appropriate thing. And anybody who masters the du'as with meaning, he, he, could, he, he could get very close to Allah. That's just one way to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because with everything, especially just make a list of things that we do. I mean, there are mundane things like eating, drinking, using the toilet, going to sleep, waking up, entering the house coming out of the house, going to the masjid. These are mundane, everyday things that we do, usual things. Those du'as we should definitely know. So we come into the house. Um, what is it? Allahumma inni as'aluka khayral. There's two versions. Khayral wuluji wa khayral khuruj. Or khayral mawliji wa khayral makhraji. Bismillahi walajna, bismillahi kharajna, wa ala Allahi rabbina tawakkalna. Oh Allah, I ask you for the best entry and the best exit. So if I'm to enter the house, let me enter in the best of ways that I find everything favorable and good for me. It's full of blessing. When I come out, it's the same thing. It's just very comprehensive things. And at the end, وَعَلَى رَبِّنَا تَوَكَّلْنَا And we rely on our Lord. Only on our Lord do we rely, in fact. That's what it is. So just think of, you know, there's hundreds, there's thousands of du'as. Just think of the uh, waking up and sleeping. That's two. Eating and before and after eating, that's four. But, uh, toilet du'as, that's six. Um, <clears throat> masjid du'as, that's eight. Right, entry and exit, that is every day. Oh. Clothing is another one, right? <clears throat> so that's uh, nine. And then the house, entry and exit, that's 11. Anything else that's like a normal everyday thing? Traveling. And traveling, right? That's, uh, that's 12. What else is there? Yes, the wudu one, bismillahi. Before and after. That's um, 14. Yes, if, you're, if you can hear the adhan. 14, that's 15. Assalamu alaikum. I guess, yeah, um, but. So we'd say 15 du'as at least. <coughs> now there is. 
looking into the mirror the sisters are suggesting i guess that is important for the sisters yeah so 16 yeah i don't know how I'm, i probably look at the mirror either once a week or something but okay that's about 16 duas so if we can master 15 duas there's so many more right there's so many more but if we can master these 15 that's all that's all it is with meaning With meaning. Maybe we should compile this actually. Just make it these are the absolute basic everyday du'as. Just think of them with meaning before and after what you do. So by next week, let's see I mean most of us should know most of these du'as anyway. So let's find out next time how much everybody knows and how much we've been able to put into action. Inshallah we'll try to do that. It's very important I think. So <clears throat> Ibn al-Qayyim continues, uh, he mentions a number of other guidances with regards to dhikr and the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet wasallam, he says, was the most complete and perfect of created beings in regards to the dhikr of Allah. What dhikr the Prophet wasallam did, how he remembered Allah, there's nobody else more complete and perfect than him. In fact, pretty much all of his speech everything he did or he said was about the remembrance of Allah. Remembrance of Allah means if you're speaking, remember a point of fiqh you're giving, a point of guidance that you're providing somebody, right? if that is somehow related to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with Allah in mind, that becomes a dhikr of Allah as well. That's why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, كُلُّ كَلَامِ ibni آدَمَ عَلَيْهِ لَا لَهُ إِلَّا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ وَمَا وَالَاهُ Every single utterance and speech of a belief uh, of the human is going to be considered against him. Basically, anything you say is going to be taken against you. That's the default state. Right? So just by the default state, anything you say is going to be used against you. Then he provides a few exceptions. So these aren't the exceptions. This is the norm that everything's going to be used against you. Except the dhikr of Allah, illa dhikrullah, except the dhikr of Allah, okay, that will be precluded. And anything related to that, anything conducive to remembrance of Allah, whether you're giving, you know, whatever it is that's remembered. Or somebody studying, teaching the deen, or knowing the deen, uh, studying the deen. So either an alim or muta'lim, somebody who is know, knows the deen and he's teaching it, because why else would you be an alim? You know, what, 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 you're. you're uh, he's saying the 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 scholar, right? The scholar can say bad things as well. So he's talking about when he's in the deen, or muta'allimun, or when he is studying. Those are the exceptions, and anything else, okay? You're gonna say, well, what about joking around a bit, right? So again, it could if the intention is clear there that okay, a bit of halal joking is fine. The Prophet did that as well. Then that that would be understood to be as long as you know the presence of mind that we have that. This is, this is fine, as long as there's a boundary of that joke and so on. What it means by it's going to be a burden against you, it's going to be held against you, is that if Allah wants, He can punish you for that, if it was out of place. Because the, the, the Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi, has, has listed 20 calamities of the tongue. He says, It's qalilun jirmuhu, kathirun jurmuhu. It is so small in body the tongue out of the whole body compared to the hands the the feet 
and every other physical aspect of your body is so small, yet its crime is the most mighty. It can get, get to, it says that to move it, you don't need any effort. Whereas to move your hand, eventually you'll get tired beating somebody up, you'll get tired. But you can go on for hours right, with your tongue. It doesn't tire, it doesn't require any much energy. And it can get to where the hands and feet can't get to. So the, uh, the, 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 the kalam and the speech of our Messenger وسلم, was all related to Allah's remembrance. Of course, he, he gave commands and prohibitions, legislated for the ummah. That is obviously a remembrance of his, of Allah, because that is establishing the deen, teaching people about the deen. That is all dhikr of Allah. How are you going to have Allah's commands to be enacted in the world? That's all dhikr of Allah. Uh, his informing the people about the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his characteristics, his commands, his, his, his actions, his warnings, his promises. All of that is remembrance of Allah. His praising Allah for all of the bounties that he's provided. His glorifying Allah. His tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, all of that is dhikr of Allah. His asking, his making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His humbly entreating Allah. All of that is, I mean, everything the Prophet did was for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, even his silence was dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his heart. And that's why they say that the reason why you say ghufranak, oh Allah forgive me after using the toilet. I mean, there's nothing wrong with using the toilet, so why would you seek forgiveness? Is because the Prophet couldn't remember Allah at that time. He was so connected, it's like, oh, this time I can't, so I'm going to make istighfar for that. So the Prophet as Aisha radiallahu anha said, she, he, would make dhikr, he would make dhikr of Allah in every one of his states. In anything he was doing, it was a dhikr of Allah. But it wasn't necessarily dhikr of Allah with the tongue. It was just in the way he carried himself. In fact, his dhikr of Allah, the dhikr of Allah would, the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would apply to every one of his breath. Every breath he took, the dhikr of Allah flowed with it. Many, many ulama, different ulama have explained this differently as to what that means. And thus they've come out with different ways of how this could possibly happen. And one of the ways which at least the Chishtis have and some others have is Bas Anfas, which is obviously a Persian term, which means that every breath is every breath is accompanied by the name of Allah. Which is when you say Allah, you, you actually, when you're taking a breath in, you say Allah. And then when you're taking a breath out, you say Hu. You do this obviously silently, so it's And Hazrat Sheikh Mawlana Zakaria Rahmatullah he had it so perfected that even I think when he was sedated or something, he was still doing this because it just becomes second nature to do this. A friend of mine, mashallah, is a very, I believe he's a wali of Allah. Uh, from a young age, he said he, his father was a teacher in Darlum, Berry. And uh, he's an imam somewhere now, uh, meaning the, his son, my friend. So he said, I heard this when I was much younger. And he said, I started doing it from when I was I don't know, seven, eight, nine years old, whatever. And uh, I'm assuming he's quite second nature for him. So he's just... 
it's effortless it's actually effortless and the name of Allah Allah it doesn't require pursing of the lips the lips just don't come into it so it's just all empty and it just requires uh, just the tongue to touch the top that's it Allah just slight touch of the tongue that's it <coughs> So there's different different expressions of this. The Prophet ﷺ, with every one of his breaths, he, whether standing or sitting, whether on his side, walking, riding, um, mounting the animal, coming down from it, wherever he was, this dhikr kept with him. I'm not just going to do dhikr in my room after fajr, for example. That dhikr goes everywhere wherever you are because it's something you can do anywhere you need. And if you don't have to consult a book of dhikr, right, and it's just in your heart, just taking the name of Allah said in tasbihat, then you can do it whenever you want. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Okay, so he carries on, discusses some other aspects of dhikr, but what we'll do is we'll just. Spend some time in the salam, in the salam, Tabarak, the other Chadali, where you call Allah, whom may I hang you, Yaquyum, Birahmetic and Astalith, Allah, whom may I hang you, Manana, in a hila and the Subhanaka in a kuna in a party. Allah, whom a salli was selling, or other Sayyidina, Mohammed, or other early Sayyidina, Mohammed, or Barik, or Selim. Oh Allah, we ask you for forgiveness. Oh Allah, we ask you for forgiveness. We ask you for purity. O oh Allah, we ask you for a complete turning towards you. O oh Allah, we ask that you give us the ability to turn towards you, to think about you, to remember you at all our times, in all of our states, in whatever situation we may be in. O oh Allah, we ask you for your consciousness, for your presence. O oh Allah, we ask that you treat us with your mercy. O oh Allah, grant us your compassion, grant us your Grant us your blessing, O oh Allah, your barakah, O oh Allah, O oh Allah, day by day we do things, we have consciousness of belief in you, but we are distracted, O oh Allah, we're constantly engrossed in many other things, other things distract us and make us negligent, we ask you for the forgiveness from this negligence that we've had, O oh Allah, we ask you forgiveness for all the sins we have committed, in whatever state we committed them, whether in broad daylight, whether in public, whether in private, O oh Allah, and especially those sins that that are stubborn and that do not want to go from our lives, O oh Allah, there are certain sins that we may be committing that no longer do we even think that we are committing sins, O oh Allah, we have justified in many in our minds maybe many sins wallah we ask you for discernment and understanding wallah we ask you for taqwa in our hearts your fear in our hearts and also hope for you in our hearts wallah we ask you for concern for our hereafter wallah we ask you to protect us and our children from all of the challenges that are out there wallah in whatever country people may be in whatever situation people may be in we ask you for relief Oh Allah, we ask you for your relief. We ask you for relief. We ask you to grant us kalima on our deathbed and make all of the stages of the hereafter easy for us. Oh Allah, bless us and our families. Oh Allah, bless us in whatever we do. Oh Allah, grant us ease and relief in this world. Grant us the best of this world, the best of the hereafter. Oh Allah, allow us to come to your house over and over again O oh Allah the masajid of this world and O oh Allah the haramain O oh Allah give us the tawfiq to come over and over again and to visit the two holy sanctuaries O 
O Allah, to allow us to visit the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and O Allah, to bask in the blessings and bask in the blessings and lights of that, those places. O Allah, we ask you that wherever we are in the world, that you grant us your blessing. You grant us your blessing. You grant us your blessing. And the fitna out there, the challenges out there, the difficulties out there. O oh Allah, they seem to be increasing day by day. O oh Allah, we ask you for steadfastness and strength. We ask you for steadfastness and strength. We ask you that you keep our iman with us. You keep your love with us. O oh Allah, day by day people are losing their faith. O oh Allah, we ask that you strengthen our faith. And you make us, you make us of those who can assist others and guide others. O oh Allah, make us... Make us, make us a force for good in this world. Make us a force for good in this world. Oh Allah, protect us from all forms of evil that are out there. And especially for us leading anybody to evil. Oh Allah, open up the path for us. Open up the path to you for us. Oh Allah, grab us by the forelock and enter us onto your path and into Jannatul Firdaus. Oh Allah, we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. O oh Allah, those who are sick and ill among us, O oh Allah, remove that sickness and illness. O oh Allah, those who have died recently, we ask you for their forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And O oh Allah, those who have any difficulty in front of them, O oh Allah, we ask you for ease and relief from that difficulty. Mm-hmm. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, we ask you for your mercy to envelop us. O oh Allah, for barakah and blessing in our homes, in our businesses, in our work. O oh Allah, in our life, in our iman, in our life, and in our iman, in our life, and in our iman. O oh Allah, bless our children, bless our, bless our progeny until the day of judgment. O oh Allah, bless all of our, all those who are connected to us, all those who are related to us, all those who hope for us to make dua for them. O oh Allah, we ask that you grant them the best. O oh Allah, accept this, accept this gathering that we have here. O oh Allah, make it full of blessing. O oh Allah, we are nothing. We can't do much. We just come together, take your name and expect. And hope that you will reward us for this and that you will fill our hearts with your light. You will fill our hearts with your light and remove some of the darknesses that we have in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Oh Allah, we ask you for blessing for all of those who are here and those who are listening. Oh Allah, we ask you for full blessing and purity. Oh Allah, grant abundant blessings on your messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين